Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. All right, well, welcome to church this morning. Uh, we've been, happy Father's Day, like Jasmine said. Um, I thought I'd do something different today because it's Father's Day. Where's my wife? She's all nervous when I say stuff like that. Go, uh, okay, I can do what I want now. Uh, I actually had nothing planned, no, no little quips or dad jokes or anything. I know, right? I thought people would be expecting that. And yeah, I had to break out. Oh, I'm going to push my mouse off, aren't I? All right, so we have been in the book of Galatians. Uh, okay, I just want to make sure I'm doing this right here. All right, I'm learning how to use the mouth. I get fat fingers and I end up moving two things at once here. So the book of Galatians, and so the the book of Galatians is a really interesting book, and it's only like six chapters. So I would encourage you, like we're going through a series. This is week three. Uh, if you're joining us on the podcast after, uh, thank you for taking the time to tune in to a C3 podcast. Uh, it is totally worth it. So, okay, got to go up. So today's title, because everybody wants a title, The Freedom to serve. So that's what I, the book of Galatians, this part of me um, speaking today is going for. Wrong way. So let's do a little recap. We've had a couple weeks in Galatians so far. What have you learned? Galatia isn't a church, it's a region. That sounds familiar, right? It's an area, not a city. Okay, anything else? Shout it out over the air conditioner. Written by Paul? Okay. You're reading from the Bible. Stop that. Okay. <laughs> Cheater pants. It is. Okay, so they're, they're being influenced by church leaders. So they've, Paul has come in and taught them. They've become Christians. They've, they've pulled away from the old law. And teachers have come back in, and they're influencing them to say, no, you can't. You still have to be part of the law even though you have Christ. And they were encouraging them, um, the Greek people, to get circumcised as a physical uh, emblem of their belief. So uh, they'd accepted salvation through Christ. And the teaching, I, I love the way this Jeremy Krantz, he says, the teaching that they are receiving disrespects and disregards God's grace, Christ's sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit's um, work. So in Galatians, what's Paul trying to teach them? Freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So the, this, to me, was a... This isn't the verse I'm using today, but, <laughs> but it had a lovely um, picture with it. So... The key is, if you have been set free, why reattach yourself to slavery? Yeah. Right? The, even when, when the children of Israel were set free, 
They've been in slavery for 400 years. So you think we're in the 2000s now. So just imagine that we had been in slavery since the 1600s. Like, it seems like a lot longer when we say it in that respect, that from the 1600s to 2023, the people were in slavery. When it's thousands of years ago, 400 years, it's like, yeah, 400 years. 400 years is a long time, right? It's a long time. But yet, they're, they've been freed from slavery. They're in the desert, and they're thinking, oh, remember when we had meat? Well, did you have good meat? Yeah. Right? Was it good? Moses has brought us into the desert to kill us so that we all die. So they, they were free, but they, they were slaves and didn't, when they were slaves, they didn't have to trust God, right? They were, they were in slavery. So the, the theme is interesting. Uh, so in verse 13, this is the verse for today. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So that's where my title is from, Freedom to Serve. So remember the law of Moses. It's based on sacrifice and behavior, right? Who could keep up? Who was good enough? You couldn't keep all that, doing all that you're supposed to do to please God. Like, what a, what a system to live under, uh, but I wonder if sometimes if I was faced with the same law, you know, after, so they'd been in the desert for a while before the law was received, and now they had all this stuff that they had to do. Um, and some of it, they couldn't even do while they were in the desert. It, was, it hinged upon, first they had to build a tab, or the um, tabernacle, then they had to still travel. So there were still things that were based on a future with the law. But I wonder if sometimes with faced with the law, <laughs> maybe slavery didn't seem so bad. Right, because at least you knew what the expectations were. Right, at least you could measure up. But Paul had to remind people. Listen to, to this here. So there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ, and because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our nature—not the weakness of God, but the weakness of our nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. So I can just imagine living under this condition where you feel so condemned all the time. Right? I can't measure up. My doves aren't good enough. My sheep's ugly. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying my best, but I just can't measure up. And so they're, 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 and they're, they've lived under this condemnation for years. And now Christ has come, and through his death on the cross, it set us free. Right? This, the theme of freedom is, is in Romans uh, people are having a difficult time adjusting to freedom in Christ. They, were, they weren't used to having to make a choice, right? Well, you marry somebody who's a Jew. You don't eat pigs. Uh, what do I do for holidays? Well, of course, you go to Jerusalem because there are seven different feasts that you have to be part of in Jerusalem. So um, they didn't have to think in a lot of ways for themselves, Right? So they were, they were used to being, even though they were still free from slavery, 
they were still under a system that was full of rules. So let's take today's verse. We're going to break it down into little parts. So um, first part, for you have been called. So called is a verb. A verb, an action word. Okay. We're not going to go to transitive or intransitive. Uh, see, that's why. So it's an action word that speaks of an invitation. So you've been called. It's like an invitation. Hey, you know, Blair, come over for lunch. That's a call. It's an invitation. Right? Uh, the invitation isn't unique to the New Testament. It, it goes back even to Isaiah in, in the Old Testament. Listen to his call here in, in the, the prophet. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. And that invitation carries right through to the book of Revelation. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. So now, it's not just talking about regular food and water, right? We all Do we get that? It's not like, hey, come to Tim Hortons, or we're going to the village. You know, but it's a, it's a way to take something that we understand being food. And, you know, if you're part of C3 Church, you understand food. Uh, <laughs> because every event has to have food. Uh, but the point was an invitation to find new life in Christ and to find freedom apart from the law because the law was restrictive. So the invitation is to come and live in freedom. Christ invited us to live in freedom as a contrast to the law of Moses. How many laws? 613. Oh, oh. 613, but that was, that was only part of it because then as the leaders learned the law, they added more to it. So depending on who, how, or who the teacher was would depend on how many extra rules that you had. So, you know, there's one point if the law of the Sabbath said that you're not supposed to work and you're supposed to stay home, right? So they would take a bucket of dirt from their house and they would walk along and once in a while, because that was your home now, and you'd throw a handful of dirt out and keep walking so that you could go somewhere but not disobey the law. So there, were, there was loopholes, right? So we want to make sure we have the law, but we want to have the loopholes to still maintain the law, right? But uh, we, already, we already read in Romans that the law was unable to save us. So no longer being bound by a sacrificial system or dietary restrictions, but freedom, freedom does not mean that you do what you want without constraint. And it says to not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So the issue became that the behavioral pendulum was swinging. Right, so over here, was it fun? You couldn't do it. Basically, when I read it, it seemed like that. <laughs> if the food was good, it had to be wrong. Right, if it had taste to it, it couldn't be good. Right, but not necessarily that extreme. But there was, there was this great standard where things were so restricted, and oh, we have freedom in Christ. It's like, woo! Right? It is time. We are free. Um, 
But when you're used to living under some strict rules, now they're out having a great time because they, they didn't have this understanding yet. They just had this thing in mind that we now have freedom. And it wasn't only the churches in Galatia, the area of Galatia, that were struggling with this. Paul also wrote about issues like that in the church in Corinth. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and stomach for, the, for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with both of them. I don't know if I want to get done away with food. I kind of like that. Uh, will there be smokers in heaven? Uh, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. So, um, so the issue in Corinthians that he's dealing with here is, uh, so they're getting to know people, and there's the issue of food that has been offered to idols. So someone's killed an animal, part of that animal has gone to be sacrificed to an idol, part of it's come home. And so they were, he was saying, well, what if, what if I went over to a person's house and was offered meat that had been part of an offering? And he was saying that you still had to be careful about it. But, you know, if they basically, if they didn't tell you anything, then just eat and enjoy. But if they started talking about that being part of a sacrifice, then don't eat it. Right? But, so, I'll be a little vulnerable. I like the odd glass of wine or spirit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I can, I can do that without guilt. Right? But I would never... Uh, the, the basis of it, according to this, is I can't let it control me. Yeah. I have to be in control of it, yeah. right? I, I know that uh, I always had this thing that if I had had a bad day at work, there's no way I would have a drink after work, mm-hmm. right? I'd be very restrictive. I would, you know, I'd have a glass of wine or, or you know, I like whiskey. Um, I'd have that on the weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. And I wouldn't have 10, yeah. right? So, but the idea that it can't control me. If I can't have a good time, without alcohol, then it's controlling me, yeah. right? And that cannot be, yeah. right? And if, if I'm going to have somebody over to my house that I don't know, I may ask them first, hey, you know, are you okay with having a glass of wine? If they say no, fine, mm-hmm. right? Or if somebody came over and said, I'm sorry, like, I, you know, I, I find wine on your table offensive, I'd take it off, yeah. right? It's no big deal. But you, so um, I would not make an issue out of not serving it. If I knew someone struggled with alcohol, I'm not going to sit there and have a beer in their presence and say, hey, come on, you're free now. Have a beer, right, and, and pressure them that way. That, that's not what we're talking about here, right? So the thing is, is I, I cannot be a slave to that, right? It has, I have to make it my slave, right? Uh, so my freedom has restraint, right? My, my, but my freedom allows me restraint, right? Contrary to what some may think, Rules are not always bad. So here's the upside of rules. So we have rules in our society. So they help maintain civil authority. They organize society. They, there's a big one for me, being the safety man, Russ. They keep us safe, right? You think, you know, we have, there was 613 laws in the Torah. Go through the work safe regulations, right? My handy book to the work safe regulations is that, like, three inches thick. And that's the handy guide to the regulation. But, but rules keep us, the upside of those rules is they keep us safe, right? If the, if the rule says tie off at 10 feet, you know, and have a harness on and all those things, it's because if you don't, you could fall and die, right? 
Who's going to tell me I have to tie off? Well, okay, like, you still have to have that, make that choice. But they, the rules act as a guideline so we know what to expect from the behaviors of others and how to conduct our lives. So why do we need rules anyway? We all want freedom. Well, there's, kind of, there's comfort in rules, right? There's some comfort. These people, they're having a hard time adjusting to freedom. And it's not just them that have problems with that. So I just thought about it, you know, if you're a, it's, it seems a shame to put prisoners and soldiers in the same cup. But, you know, they get, you're told when to wake up. You're told when to eat. You're told when to exercise. You're told when to sleep. You have no choice of clothes, right? Um, no choice of the company you keep, right? So they're, there was hard and fast rules. And some people, they take, they adjust to those rules, and when they're free from that, they have a difficult time adjusting to the freedom of choice, yeah. right? Uh, Judges 21, 25, it says, you know, in those days, Israel had no king, and all the people did what seemed to be right in their own eyes. That is a scary concept, right? What do we call the country when they, you live in that type of behavior? What is that called? Anarchy, right? That's anarchy. The state of disorder due to absence or non-recognition of authority or other controlling systems. So rules are not always bad. Contrary to what some think, freedom can have disadvantages. I heard the air suck out of the room. Well, let's face it. Not everybody can be trusted to make wise choices. Right? We used to yell at our kids from the car when we dropped them off at school. Mostly Jasmine would yell, make wise choices. You know. <laughs> yes, she used to yell, thanks for being Adam's friend. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, where am I going here? Darn, I touched the button. All right. Are we there? Downside of freedom. I want to be over here. Okay, so just because we're free does not mean we don't live by a set of rules. So who fastened their seatbelt to come to church this morning? No. Anybody that drove, hopefully? Jesse and John don't have their hands up? All right. Um, who, who recently drove on the highway at 10 kilometers over the posted speed limit besides Jesse? Because she admitted to it last night. Right? Um, so there's a law, but, the, you know, the law there's this acceptable level of risk that people have, right? So some people feel that, oh, I can do 10K over the speed limit because I'm never going to get stopped. At 20K over, you may get stopped and get a small fine. At 40K over, is it 40? It's excessive speed? So I read the other day, a young fella got pulled over doing 120 in a 50 zone. And they showed a picture of the car being towed. It looked like his mom's car. And, uh, yeah, so he had like $398, a suspension, uh, Powed in car for seven days, uh, and he's going to have to tell his mom, right? <laughs> I think that would be the most terrifying part. But there, even the penalties and fines for, for speeding reflect the acceptable level of risk. So there's a law, but there's levels as, as you go along. So in a, in a perfect world, we do all of our jobs with honesty, integrity, safe or integrity, honesty, safety, concern for the well-being of the stakeholders. But do you have to look far to find, or but do you have to look far for to find examples where this hasn't happened? No, you don't have to look far. 
If you work with people, you don't have to look far. Some days it can be very frustrating as someone who's been in management, right? It can be very frustrating. But uh, there was freedom in Christ, but freedom in Christ didn't make adultery or murder acceptable, right? It didn't all of a sudden say, well, hey, you, you know, you can do exactly what you want. Freedom doesn't mean you get to do what you want. That's not what freedom means. So here's my 50-cent word for the day. The paradox of choice. So the more choices we have, the less satisfied we become. I want to introduce you to the famous jam study. This is called the jam study. So a team of researchers set up a table of jam samples in a grocery store. So here's a table over here. It has 24 different kinds of jam. Over here, on the other side of the store, there's another table that has six. Where do you think the people went? <laughs> right. So, 60% of the customers were drawn to the wide selection, while only 40% went to the small one. Because we, out, we think, our brains think, bigger's better. It's got to be better jam. Look how many choices there are, right? Um, who stops at Sutherland's Bakery on your way to Kelowna, right? <laughs> how, how long does it take you to choose six donuts or two pieces of pizza? Or have you been into their ice cream place in the same building? <laughs> yeah, Teresa's like, I don't go in. No, I can't go in there, right? They have tons of choices. And oh, it's a difficult choice. Do I want black cheesecake, blackberry cheesecake, or do I want strawberry cheesecake? Or coffee, or, you know, tiger. Um, so, but the surprising thing is, in this case, 30% of the customers who sampled the six jams bought a jar. 3% of the people that went to the 24 um, bought a jar. People were 10 times more likely to make a decision if the selection was limited. So it flies in the face of our belief that more makes us happier. In fact, more choices causes us to go into, they call it analysis paralysis, right? Worried that after we, we whoa, I could have had the bacon maple donut instead of the Bavarian cream. What was I thinking? Well, were you dissatisfied with the bacon maple? Um, but I could have been satisfied with the Bavarian cream, right? Even after we make the decision, we second guess ourselves, wondering if we're missing out on the better, there was a better option. You know, uh, we recently bought a trailer and I've, I, we got tired of looking at trailer ads. And I've had to actually stop myself now from continuing to look at trailer ads after I've bought one. Because, oh, look at that. That may have been a better deal. You know, I need to be satisfied with the decision I've made at the time and realize that I got, we got a good deal, right? And be satisfied with that. And in ways I'm glad because now it seems like there's way more choices out there than we had when we bought ours. But it's amazing. Like I, I was reading in the magazine today about the outdoor show that was back in March in Chilliwack. And I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad I didn't go. Although I'd love to go to that. It's, to me, they're, uh, they, they breed a season of discontent. Right? Oh, look at that boat. Look at those fishing rods. Yeah. 
They always have a big tank with fish in there too. I mean, well, not always, but sometimes there's tanks with big fish and they, why can't I catch one of those, right? Uh, but the more choices we have, the less satisfied we become. So rules are, are, so freedom isn't always necessarily what it's cracked up to be. But listen to why we were supposed to be free. Freedom, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So the challenge is that we are to be free so that we may better serve others. It's not just for yourself that Christ has made you free, right? That would be selfish, right? If it's just for me, that's selfish. If it's those around you that also need to be free, right? Christ set us free to serve one another in love. So listen to this verse from Colossians. So as those who have become chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So this is freedom. You are unable to serve God if you are bound. Right? You truly are unable. We still have this idea of what's in it for me? What's, what's the benefit of Christ to me? When really, you, you, your eternity is secure as a Christian, right? You have asked Christ into your life. You have asked for forgiveness. You're, you have this eternal security, but there are others that don't. And you have this eternity secure so that you can give of yourself to others. If we are bound, we're, t- we're talking about you can't get this... That, you can't get there from here and being bound in legalism. You know, and I think sometimes, oh, I'm, I'm part of a, a church that has a Pentecostal tradition. That means you can't be legalistic because we're Pentecostal. Right? Um, not true. <laughs> not true. We can be legalistic in the things that we think. But if we are bound in a legalistic religion that is based on what I can get out of it, we've missed the point. I've missed the point if I think it's just what I can get out of it. How will I ever win the world for Christ if I'm stuck on myself? Right? How will I ever win the world for Christ if I'm stuck on myself? We receive freedom in Christ to serve others. I love this. I'd never heard of Chip Ingram before, but I found this online, and I thought it was pretty great. Jesus makes it clear that if we truly love him, then we will show it by obeying his commandments. Jesus had commandments. Jesus has expectation, right? To love him and others to show the world what God is like. This kind of obedience to God isn't just some external act where we strive to do the right thing or somehow earn his favor. It should flow out of love, never guilt or outward performance. So our our mission, the Bible tells us, is to make disciples. How can we speak about freedom to a world in bondage if after we have been made free we again become slaves, right? How can, and we we try to earn God's favor simply by our behavior. You know, it's it's Father's Day today, and I'm I'm really privileged. I have two of my children in church today. Um, I have four children, for those who may not know or who are not familiar with me that are listening to the podcast. Uh, And I love my children, right? I'm proud of my kids. Do I always agree with their decisions? No. But my love for them isn't always based on them making wise choices. 
right? My love for them is from the depth of my heart. And I love them because they're my kids, right? And where am I going with that? But my love isn't based on their, simply on their behavior, right? Uh, at issue, um, bondage is, for these people was the norm. Right, for this region of Galatia, for the New Testament people. Bondage was the norm. You think, well, they've been out of slavery. They had 400 years of slavery kind of 1,500 years ago before, you know. And still, they were a, they were a people of servitude, the Jews. They had always been occupied. Right, they always had, they were always answering to somebody. Right, they'd actually gone into captivity at one point. There'd been a remnant that had come in. But then all these other political powers had come into the area, and, and now they were under Roman rule. So it seemed like they were always under somebody else's rule. So they were always trying to adhere to somebody else's laws while they were trying to adhere to their own Jewish customs and laws. So the issue has been bondage. And so if bondage is the norm, you don't understand what freedom looks like. right? And it's the same for us even here today. If, if bondage has been our norm... We don't understand what freedom looks like or the changes that will, it will demand of us. And we're afraid. We become afraid of change. Right? And we talk about being free, and I'd like to say, yeah, I'm free. Right? I'm, yeah, freedom in Christ. But, you know, but do I have, am I still bound by something that I still don't understand? You know, and have, have I, as a, as a parent, put some of that onto my children? Inadvertently. You know, and does that carry on to their children, right? And that, that to me is a, like, oh, I got I to gotta be careful, right? So um, we become afraid. So would you agree with me this morning that Christ has set us free? Yes. Okay, Jesse, you can stay. Don't come up. We're going to have the signal. But, so... <laughs> Stay, stay, Jesse. Yes, <laughs> right. No, uh, no. Uh, yeah. Ah. So we're gonna do something this morning. All right. Uh, I know. So because I, I I'm learning lately that. Um, change demands action, right? And, and I have found myself, like I, I have this, um, I am a conservative person, right? I am not really demonstrative all the time. Um, you know, I, but I realized that I've lost something by not being more outward with certain things in my faith, even in church, right? So, um, so I'm not in my comfort zone this morning. Just so, so if we're going to do something, we're going to do it together, and we'll all be uncomfortable together. Because, because I love you as people, and I want us to be free, right? And so if you agree with me this morning that Christ has set us free, then let's do this little act this morning. I want you to stand. If you happen to be in a row by yourself, Blair, <laughs> Tad, Okay, get in a row with Gary. Get in a row with people. There has to be more than one person, at least a minimum of two people. What's that? Oh, yeah. 
So, um, Jasmine, you need to come up with me because I need someone here to do this with me. All right. She has no idea what is going on, right? And I, I struggled telling her or not telling her about it because I wanted it to be fresh for her as well as you guys. So, uh, so Jeremy, you can even come off the soundboard. We don't need to do anything fancy. Get in a row. So this morning, uh, we are going to proclaim freedom over ourselves and freedom over others around us. Now, I have no idea what this is going to look like, right? But I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, am okay, I am okay with it because I am I'm tired of holding back the things of God inadvertently because of my discomfort, right? Because I want, I want God to move, and I don't want my bondage to be the reason that he doesn't. I want to get free of some stuff myself, right? I think I'm free, but I'm pretty sure I'm not as free as I need to be, right? And as free as God wants me to be. So this morning, I'm going to explain what we're going to do first, and then we're going to do it together. We're going to hold our hands like we're cuffed, right? Not, we're not going to do it yet, but I'm just explaining it to you. So, yeah, you're ready. And then we are going to break those cuffs off of us, those chains off of us. We are going to reach down, those of you who can touch your toes. Um, yeah, I'll go down. Oh, thank you. I'll go down to my knees. But there's, you know, the, the, you see prisoners, their hands are bound, their feet are bound. They have a thing around their waist, right? We're going to break those chains off of ourselves. And then we're going to turn to the person next to us, and we're just going to not necessarily touch them, but we're going to just take the chains and we're going to throw them down to the ground. We're going to cast them off of each other, right? Because that's what we're called to do. It's not just about us casting these things off of ourselves. It's about helping others to get those chains off of them and setting them free. All right? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. What's that? So that's what we're going to, so as we do it, we're going to decree freedom, right? We are going to, and, and I, like, it could be those, those things that, hey, I, I've inadvertently put on my kids because of how I've been with the way I've acted. That um, you know, we got a generation in there that needs us to be free, yeah. right? My grandchildren need me to be free, yeah. right? And so I'll put up with my discomfort for them, right? So, all right, hands together. Count of three, we're going to go one, two, three, break, and we're going to yell freedom, all right? One, two, three. Freedom! Freedom! Right? Freedom. Grab the feet by your feet as far as you can go. Yank them off. Freedom! Freedom! Right? Reach over to that person beside you. Take a hold of those chains that are on. Just their chains, John. Uh, <laughs> take, take those chains. Pull them off. Freedom. Proclaim freedom for that person next to you. We declare you free in Jesus' name. Freedom. Right? Freedom. That's what it's all about. We thank you, God, this morning that you have called us to freedom. To freedom in Christ. And we want, God, that freedom, whatever that means, that you want us to be free for the sake of others. So we thank you this morning, God, that you are releasing us. You are making us free more free to serve others so that we can take their chains off in Jesus' name, that people would come to know you, that people would be set free and set free to a life of freedom in Christ, to be new creations in Christ, to have us 
a secure eternity with you, God. That is our desire. And so thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for chains being thrown off of us, for those around us, God, and help us to walk in the freedom that you would have us walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.